Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a cold Tuesday morning. So, it takes a lot to be an official in sports. Professional level, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, these guys have to train and put their work in just to get to that level. So it always blows my mind when a guy official comes up and and just starts getting known for the notoriously bad calls they're making, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. Most recently in Major League Baseball, there is a certain ump that is not so good, is he, Ned? (laughs) Only been around for 31 years in Major League Baseball, and how much longer can MLB, Major League Baseball, continue to tolerate the just mediocre umpiring of Angel Hernandez. He has been the focal point of criticism almost every one of his 31 years. Focal point. I mean, involved in terrible calls. His most recent was Sunday night, Philadelphia-Milwaukee playing on national television. And according to the computerized umpire rating system they have, he he's the home plate umpire, missed 19 calls. 19. The players were irate. The fans were irate. Some fan... Uh, accosted Hernandez in the parking lot. I, that shouldn't happen. You got to have security. How'd they find him? That's just it. That's just it. Where's security? Well, over and above that, you can't have that kind of behavior. But Major League Baseball can do something. I know the umpires union is very strong, and they're probably sticking up for one of their own. But this is absurd. Every every rating system in baseball. Almost since 1991, when this guy began, has rated him at the bottom, the bottom of the umpiring charts as the poorest judgment, poorest type of officiating. It it just isn't good. And it came to the head on Sunday night with another bad game. By not allowing something of punitive action to go on, the credibility of the game is going to be hurt. And it will be hurt by poor officiating. You've seen it in the National Football League. You've seen the NBA. NBA fired a guy for fixing games. You can't have that. That's not what he's doing. He's just a bad umpire. (laughs) So, And if Major League Baseball doesn't do something, they're going to pay the price for it. Uh, having the the technology to check these guys now is definitely and the, made I'm a glad difference. you brought that up too because that's going to strengthen Major League Baseball's call for having the Robo umpire behind mm-hmm. home plate. Mm-hmm. They they wanted this. I'm one of them who says, oh no no no, keep the human element in it. I thought that until Sunday night. And I, <laughs> get him out of there. Get the computer. <laughs> well, and that just goes to show you if they've had this years ago, how many other bad umpires we have had and decisions to be made and all that stuff. It's like I always say, you want to win the game and win it without ha- having to uh, go back to that call that could have been different. But, um, yeah, the, the lesson here is this, kids. All you have to do in life is show up. You can be notoriously bad at your job, and you know what? As long as you keep showing up, there's a good chance you won't get fired. You know, that's a very good point that you bring up. And and what I'm saying here is not to suggest that this guy's doing it on purpose. That's not right. He He's trying. He's just inept. And people are frequently inept. At certain situations in life, I can't, you know, I can't fix cars. I can't hammer a nail straight. I'm inept at doing that. But, and this guy, he is a professional umpire getting paid for it. Hey, it's up to him to perform at a high level and gain respect. And when you don't do that, O-U-T. You see, bot, you said bottom of the list since 1991. He, that's when he broke in. He's 30 been, years. 31. 31, 31 years, years of being bad at your job. He still has a job. Yeah, we. it's time to have a conversation. <laughs> or as we say in the business, a come to Jesus. All right, so Missouri State, 
they hopefully are starting to move down the right direction this this time, but they've got another key test tonight. And why is this so important for the baseball team? Because it's an in-state game, and it's Mizzou who they're playing, and it's down here. Now, last week, the Bears went into their game with Missouri up in Columbia on the throes of a horrendous losing streak, losing to Evansville in three straight games. Evansville's not all that bad, don't get me wrong, but but you don't lose three at home to the Aces. Well, they did go up to Missouri, played well, but lost the game 6-5, to five, had a chance to win it in the ninth inning, and did not do so. Okay, since then, the Bears have gone to Valparaiso, Indiana, and swept the Valparaiso Ball Club in three games. Maybe they have their mojo back. Going to find out tonight when they play the Tigers down here at Hammonds Field. That's always such a such a terrific in-state battle. And, and it's the first of two because the Bears play Mizzou tonight and then they play SLU with St. Louis University tomorrow night. Back-to-back home games against in-state opponents. That's pretty key. And we'll find out if the Bears are coming back. Hopefully they can get the dub against the Tigers. I'd love that. All right, so St. Louis Blues have been on a hell of a streak recently, uh, closing out the regular season with just win after win after win. And that's kind of where you want to be going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which start when? They will start one week from tonight. May the 2nd is when the Stanley Cup begins. The Blues opponent, they pretty much know where they're going to be, probably seated second in their division, but... The National Hockey League is so convoluted with how they perform the Stanley Cup, it's impossible to say at the moment. But the Blues are going to get a pretty good seating. They'll have home advantage, certainly, for the first round, maybe for the second round. And you're right, the Blues have been absolutely torrid here in the last probably three weeks. They've been winning everything in sight. It's not going to get them a championship in terms of their division. The Colorado Avalanche are going to win that. As a matter of fact, I believe the Blues play the Avalanche tonight. And uh, this is a regular season game. Won't mean anything other than pride. But the Stanley Cup playoffs do mean something. And it's one week from tonight when they all begin. Cardinals were facing a hometown St. Louis product last night against the Mets. Didn't turn out so good for him, did, did it? Did not, and it's a very bizarre baseball game. First of all, the hometown product is Max Scherzer. And all he did, of course, he's arguably, if not the best, certainly one of the best pitchers in baseball. All he did was completely shellack the Cardinals the entire game that he pitched, eight innings, and uh, I'm I'm sorry, seven innings, and struck out 10 and allowed two hits and blanked the Cardinals. The only problem for Scherzer was the Mets weren't doing anything on offense. They were facing Miles Michaelis, and he had them, he had the Mets batters, reaching for pitches on the corner and all that sort of thing. That's the way Michaelis pitches. He nibbles at the corners, and he was successful. Not a big strikeout pitcher, but nothing to nothing going into the eighth inning. All right, the Mets take Scherzer out of the game. He exhausted his pitch count, and reliever comes in, and the Cardinals get two runs in the last of the eighth inning, take a 2 nothing lead into the ninth. Well, the Mets offense, which had been slumbering, suddenly wasn't slumbering. They get a couple of runners on base, and then this is most uncharacteristic at all. Here's a bouncing ball down the third baseline. Nolan Arnato is a nine-time Gold Glove winner, one of the best in the game, if not the best, at third base. If the ball bounces over third base fair, it's a fair ball, but it's in foul territory. Arnato, it's not a tough one to stop. Makes a backhanded stop, but he's off balance, and it's not hit very hard. He has to throw quickly and does and fires it over the head of Paul Goldschmidt at first base, and the runner is on base, and that's a key run because here comes number one home. Here comes the big play of the game. There are two runners on. Incidentally, that was not an error. It's an error of omission. 
Why is it an error of omission? Because it doesn't go in the books as an error. The scorekeeper, obviously wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat, <laughs> does not. He does not give an error to Arnado. He gives a hit to the New York. Man. That wasn't a hit. That was an error. But I don't want to ruin that Gold Glove status that he had. Okay. Next batter up. Next batter up hits a line shot down the first baseline. Paul Goldschmidt, who is also a Gold Glove first baseman, makes a tremendous stop. Great stop. He sprawled out on the ground in foul territory after having stopped this shot. Gets up, throws the ball to the pitcher covering, which is what you ordinarily do. Pitcher ain't covering. He's a step and a half or two steps late. He's out dreaming somewhere, watching the action. The runner dives headfirst into first base. He's safe. Two-run score. And the Mets suddenly have... A 3-2 lead. Next batter up after that, two-run homer. You can see it coming. Mets score five runs in the ninth inning, beat the Cardinals in a game that the Cardinals let get away. Most uncharacteristic. Incidentally, the pitcher not covering, that's also an error of omission. It doesn't go in the books as an error. It's a mental error. Mm, That hurts. I love it. The scorekeeper in his Cardinals jersey. <laughs> All right. So, you know, uh, NFL draft this week in Vegas, Thursday night. Do you think the Chiefs are going to trade up? I think there's a chance that they do. As we speak right now, they're 29 and 30. Mm-hmm. Back to back picks, 29 and 30. They might trade up, but then again, a lot of it depends on what the inner workings are and who they could get if they do that. I really think if they keep it, and we'll have to assume that they keep their status right now, they're going to have to go for an edge rusher and a D-back. and back agree. to back. I have to. That's where you need the greatest strength. Yeah, it would be great if you had the option of getting a great wide receiver or a fabulous running back, but you're not going to at 29 or 30. That's fairly deep in the first round. So we'll see what happens. Now, there are also the options of free agents. You're not going to see a whole lot of free agent dealing this week before the draft. It'll all happen again after the draft is held, and we'll see who's available, who gets cut, and so forth and so on. After all, you've got to remember, every team, including the Chiefs, as sainted as they are, (laughs) they have the salary cap to worry about. And you have to stay within that. That's why I wonder whether or not they can get a Tyran Matthew and uh, and Melvin Ingram back. It, it, I just don't know whether or not that fits into their plan. These are good players, but you have to remember they're also up there in years, too, and do you take a gamble? Don't know. There's so many variables involved. That's why Beach gets the money that he does. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Those boards are insane. Um, so it looks like we might be having a late-night Thursday, or I might just go to sleep early and wake up uh, early and uh, hear what happened because that's when those picks are going to happen. Late, Starts at late, 7 late. o'clock. 7 o'clock, that's central time. It's out in Las Vegas. It'll be, what, 5 o'clock out there in Vegas when they start this thing. It's at Allegiant Stadium is where they're going to hold it. And the first round is all Thursday night. Why is it? You mean 32 teams? It takes them that long, three or four hours to draft? It does because you have to, you have to honor television. Television says, give them 15 minutes on the clock. The fi- the, I love this. The 15 minutes on the clock for round one goes down to one and a half minutes on Saturday when you're getting into round four, five, six, or seven. Come on. <laughs> Ned just says, make up your damn mind and move on. So last but not least, NBA playoffs still rolling pretty good. Uh, we have any upsets yet? Yes, we did. We had one last night. I thought for sure Philadelphia would beat Toronto in Philly, and they did not. Toronto Raptors beat the Sixers. 
103-88. Sixers still lead that series three games to two at a 3-0 lead. And now Toronto's come back and won two of them. The Boston Celtics have ousted the Brooklyn Nets. Even playing in Brooklyn, Boston was a 116-112 winner last night. Celtics win that series four games to none. Four to none. Brooklyn Nets are a good ball club. They got KD, man. And they have Kyrie Irving on that ball club as well. It just goes to show you, hey, the names don't, you've got to get out there and you play. you got to be a team and win. KD, KD is, in my, in my book, the best player in the world. And I mean that quite literally. I don't think there's any other player. The guy is... He alleges to be 6'11". He's about 7'1", and behaves like about a 5'10 guard. He's a great player. So quick, man. Great shooter. But boy, he has slowed up in this series. Yeah. He, he wasn't able to I think to the Olympics anything. and all the stuff uh, this year may, may kind of wore on him a little bit. I, I, I That's at least what I feel like. At least a guy like him at his point in his career. Um, and that's when teams... Like what's happening with New Orleans, the young bucks that have been dealing with it, they can kind of push through. Well, Phoenix also has a serious injury to the Booker kid, who also yeah. was on the Olympic yep, team. Yep, yep, yep. And, and see, folks, that's what I don't think many realize, is the more you play, the more you're injury prone. Not because it's the length of games, but because it's the amount of wear and tear mm-hmm. on your musculature, musculature system. And when that happens, you're much more prone to injury, and now you're seeing some of these stars. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if KD isn't uh, slow because of fatigue. He, he just doesn't appear to be in it's the game. It's been a heavy year for basketball players, I think. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we, had, the, we had the quick turnarounds and all that stuff. I think it, you did get a little bit rest, but did you actually get enough? You know what I mean? From same, all the, same with hockey. Yeah, same, same with hockey. Well, those, those hockey players, that's a whole that's a whole another army right there. One more game, the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Utah Jazz. Big 102-77. Dallas leads that series three games to two. Ned, I'm glad you didn't have to wear your puffy jacket this morning. You have a good day, and hopefully it'll warm up for you tomorrow.